Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me? Find your space. Stand with me. We are going to read the Easter story as found in Mark chapter 16. Seven verses showing us that the tomb is empty and Jesus is risen. Let's read it here. It says, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome brought spices so that they might anoint Jesus' body. Verse two, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, a Sunday morning, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Praise the Lord. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the white si- right side, and they were alarmed. No kidding. Don't be alarmed, he said. This is good news. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell the disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, you are the risen savior. Lord, we are grateful for the empty tomb that you rose from the grave. And today, Lord, we pray for our hope to increase, for our faith to increase in you, the creator of all, the one that holds the keys to death and Hades. Lord, you have conquered the grave. We praise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted, Amen. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. He has risen. risen Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. So what now? So so they go to the tomb. They find it empty. I imagine that scene. Very scary. Very early in the morning. You're still kind of walking while the sunrise, the the stillness of the morning. And instead of a corpse, you see a dude in there dressed in white saying, don't be afraid. (laughs) That's what you would, I'm sure you would be afraid. And so what happens next? Well, all of the Gospels include stories of Jesus then appearing to people. The first person he appears to is a woman. Go women, right? Mary Magdalene. He appears to other people and the word gets out that the tomb was empty and people are seeing the resurrected Jesus. I'm going to read a story today of the resurrected Jesus appearing to two people who didn't even know it was Jesus until later on in the story. Today I have a three-point sermon for you because that's that's what I do. I do three points, right? If I was to do a four or a five or a six, that would be weird. And it's like, whoa, bro, it's Easter. That's un-American to not have a three-point sermon. Because most of us, I think if I'm sensing the, the world and the secular world is that, you know, there's Easter people go to church and then there's like Easter eggs and what else? Easter bunnies and ham and, and stuff that, that the secular world, it's like, oh, we got to get to that stuff. No, 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 no. This is the stuff we got to get to. Amen? 
This is the word of God. So I'm just going to read a bunch of scripture and I'm going to make some comments along the way. And this is the real food. This is um, leading us to Jesus, the real hope we have. I, I, this story that I'm going to read, I haven't said which one yet, because uh, there's quite a few of these stories where Jesus appears to people after he comes out of the tomb. He's resurrected in the days and weeks to follow. But this story, I remember exactly where I was the first time I, I understood and read this story for the first time. I grew up in church and just must have missed it. Never saw the story, but it's a beautiful one. I was in a car ride, a van. We were cargo riding. Me and my youth pastor going to... Um, uh, like a spring retreat, a Christian spring retreat to set up early. And we were sitting there listening to music, eating junk food. And my youth pastor just had a good, like he was one of those guys like, let's just read the Bible now. We got some time. Let's read the Bible. And he was one of those guys that just led people to the Bible to talk about it. It was wonderful. The best youth pastor ever. And so we were sitting there and he said, let's read the Bible. So we, I said, what, where should we read? And he said, why don't you read the Emmaus Road story? And I said, oh, I've never, what is that story? So we'll turn to Luke 24 so I turned there, I started reading this story, and I was just like, wow, Jesus came to people unassuming, and he, and he shared himself with these people, and, and this is the story we're about to read. Uh, if you're a Bible nerd, you will know who N.T. Wright is. Any, any Bible nerds know who N.T. Wright is? A New Testament scholar. He says that in the book of Luke, this story is one of the best sketches of a biblical scene. Another scholar says, this is some of the most exquisite literary achievements. This is really well-written, well-documented story of Jesus appearing to two people. And I want to talk to you this morning about doubt, uh, hope, and faith. Doubt, I want the doubt to be diminished. Uh, dis- diminished uh, hope, I want to talk about heightening our hope. And finally, I want to free our faith so that we can believe in Jesus who has come and who's died and has been resurrected. So here's point number one. I wrote it like this. God is at the intersection of doubt, hope, and faith. God is at the intersection of doubt, hope, and faith. And he's everywhere. He's omnipotent, omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's, he knows every one of us. And we often feel in our doubt that we need to draw back from the Lord. But I would say to you this morning, no, no, no. This is where we lean in. We lean into hope and we find faith there. Jesus will meet us there. Luke 24, let's begin to read this story and I will comment along the way. Luke 24, 13 begins this story and it says, now that same day, what day? Like Easter, yeah, this, like the original Easter, resurrection morning has happened and they're in Jerusalem and they begin to go to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. We'll see in this story that, that they're full of doubt. They, they should have stayed in Jerusalem and the best thing ever that has ever, ever happened has just happened that morning and where are they going? They're they're getting out of town. It's like, guys, no, 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 no. We will find out that these two are really doubting and struggling with their hope and faith. But it says that uh, they're going to Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Imagine them 
walking and talking. It's a crazy weekend, right? Yeah, no, crazy week. Like Jesus came last Sunday and the whole town went nuts. And they're talking about this. And oh yeah, remember the palm branches? Yeah. And then Friday comes along and they get him and they arrest him and then they crucify him. And then they'll say in the story, we had hoped he was going to redeem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're still talking about, we'll find out later that they knew about the women getting to the tomb that morning. And they knew about the angel saying that Jesus was being resurrected. So they're walking and talking. And lo and behold, what happens next? Verse 15 says that as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. That's been my prayer for you. I got up early every day this week to pray for you that Jesus would come along and walk with you. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a line out of the story, but it hit me this all this week that my prayer for myself, for all of us, is that Jesus himself would come and walk along with us. Maybe he's here now. If we um, think about uh, him working in our lives my prayer is that we would, we would sense it. We would know it. Some of you maybe do. You're like, yeah, I, I'm here at church. I have expectations of hearing from the Lord and walking with him. And that's my hope, that Jesus would walk along with you. And, and maybe they didn't, it says here that they, these two people, they did not recognize him. I've seen some artwork where an artist tried to represent this. I think it was like the uh, uh, Renaissance where Jesus and these two people, Jesus had on like a big floppy hat, like covering half of his face and eyes. And I was like, I don't think that's what was going on. I don't know, but that doesn't seem right. Or if it was a modern day retelling, repainting of this picture, what do you think if Jesus was wearing his... uh, his mask. And they're like, we well, didn't recognize him. He had his mask on. We didn't know. Has that happened to you in these last couple of months? Like someone will say hi to you and you're like, they know your name. Hi, Joe. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea who that just was. I just saw their eyes. Anyways, I don't know exactly what's going on here. It, I think it was probably, if I had to guess, a spiritual thing where they didn't recognize him. Um, and they come up to, Jesus comes along with them. They're walking. It just said they were walking. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? What are you guys talking about? And then it says they stood still. They stopped. Their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas. We don't know too much about this, uh, this man, but uh, that's probably your extra credit homework. Go research Cleopas uh, for all you nerds that want an assignment. It's very possible that this could have been uh, Jesus's uncle, like Joseph's brother, because there's another Cleopas. There's someone uh, at Jesus' uh, death who is the wife of Cleopas. And so we don't know exactly who this person is, but it's Cleopas. And he kind of like, I think it's hard to tell tone here, but you kind of think he's a brat. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but maybe he's a brat because he's like, are you the only one in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these last few days? Like, are you silly or something? something, mister? Like, have you, have you lost it? Like, do you, have you not heard the whole city's been an uproar? Of course, we're talking about this Jesus. And then Jesus being the clever God that he is. You know, this whole situation is clever. He doesn't announce who he is. He could have just stood at a distance and said, hey, guys, I'm God, I'm over here. And, and that would have been one way to do it. But instead, He's clever. He kind of sneaks into the story. He's, he's not discovered of who he is, at first at least. He comes in talking and walking 
with these followers that have given up hope. They're now doubting. They're going away from Jerusalem, and, and he comes up alongside of them and walks with them. It's, it's a beautiful vis- version of you know, like what happens in our faith, thinking about our own lives, God walking along with us. Because I wrote it down this way, that God does not often announce that he's working in our lives as he's working in our lives. I'll say it again. God doesn't often announce that he's working in our lives while he's working in our lives. I see a lot of heads nodding. Like that's, we only see it in, in hindsight. We're like, wow, that was a hard season or that was a good season. And then we look back and it's like, wow, God was right there with me, leading me to himself. So Cleopas is, is kind of a, maybe I'm getting the tone here wrong, but he's just kind of pointing out that Jesus doesn't know who, what has just happened. Jesus says, what things? And then we see this person explain to Jesus who Jesus is. It's quite funny, right? Do you want me to keep reading? It's a very good story. Like it's, it's well written like, and, and it's just beautifully marked out. They're like, this is how our God appears to people. He comes, he walks with them and he kind of lets us get into the story. And so here's the explanation. It says about Jesus of Nazareth. They replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed uh, before God and all his people. Verse 20. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Here's verse 21. Look at, look at this. This is um, where I was talking about how they were in doubt, because it says, verse 21, but we had hoped, past tense, in the English and the Greek it's clear, we had hoped that he was the one going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since this took place. We had hoped Here's some believers that had hoped and now they were struggling with their faith, with their hopes of who Jesus was. They had hoped he was going to redeem all of Israel. They had hoped, past tense. And here he is now, uh, Jesus with them. What's going to happen next? Well, I, I wrote it down as this. Here's point number two, that Jesus meets us on the journey. He meets us on our journey. Jesus meets us on our journey. I know this is kind of cliche to say, but think about how many times this happens in the stories of the gospel. Jesus joins in with what's happening and joins in with the people. Here's the perfect example. People are going away from faith in Jerusalem and, and all that has happened. And Jesus comes and walks with them, although they don't recognize it yet. It's him. Think about through all the Old Testament of God appearing to his people. Oftentimes it's on the way to something like Abraham being promised the land and and God appearing to him and and telling him he's going to be a father of many nations. Think about Moses wandering around in in the desert, never getting to his destination, but the Lord appearing again and again along the way. Think of Joseph being in prison for something he didn't even do and the Lord giving him a dream and appearing and walking with Joseph throughout his life. David in the pasture of uh, a shepherd and... um, All right, um, thinking about David being in the, the fields with pasturing uh, sheep and 
and God coming to him and speaking to him and Psalm 23 coming out of those moments. God is a God who meets with us and walks with us as we are on the way, not necessarily at a destination. So Cleophas is still talking about who Jesus is. Verse 22, let's get back to the story. He's saying, in addition, some of our women amazed us. So they know about the women in the morning, the story that we just read. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that there had been seen a vision of angels who had said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. And so you would think that these guys, these two people would have waited a little longer, right? I mean, we know in hindsight, like this is, this was the greatest thing that has ever happened. The tomb was empty. Jesus rose from the dead. You might want to stick around for a couple hours, right? Right? Am I crazy? And yet they were still, I mean, this is how human nature works. This is how doubt works. This is what happens when hope is crushed. These guys were headed home, tail between their legs. They, they were like, yeah, we, you know, we, we heard some exciting things this morning that the tomb was empty, but we're heading home anyways. I mean, to think about like just human nature. Let's learn from these two people because oftentimes we hear the best news ever. We come to church and we're like, yes, I believe it. It's true. And then it's like the next day happens. Oh, I guess I got to get back to work. I guess I got to get back to this or that. And we come down and we forget about what has happened or the things promised to us from the Lord. We forget about our life in Christ. I mean, this is just human nature where they're kind of moving on. Their, their hopes have been crushed and dashed. And yet the greatest thing that has ever happened has just happened in Jerusalem. They're walking away from it. But guess who is walking right there after them? It's Jesus. What a picture for us as we walk away in our doubt that the Lord is chasing after us. Can somebody say amen? Amen. We don't deserve that, but that's what the Lord does. He chases after us in his love. And then Jesus speaks. So Cleopas gets to share about who he thinks Jesus is. They still don't recognize it's Jesus. And Jesus says to them, how foolish you are, how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And it's hard. I don't know the tone here. Jesus could have been like really giving it to them. Like, come on guys, rebuking them. I'm sure it was the exact tone that these two needed to hear at that time because they will respond to Jesus. Verse 26 says, Jesus is saying, didn't the Messiah have to suffer these things to enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. There must have been some awesome walk and conversation with Jesus, right? He's going through the whole Old Testament and commenting along the way where he was prophesied to come. Pretty cool. I think of uh, like Bible nerds. I'm a Bible nerd. If you go to my office up at New Life North, I have commentaries. Commentaries are people's uh, research. Like someone will study Greek and Hebrew and they'll study ancient history and they'll comment on the Bible as they uh, go along. It's kind of like what I'm doing right now. I love this stuff, but I would have loved to be in the presence of Jesus, right? As he explained the whole Old Testament leading up to himself. In verse 28, it says this, as they approached the village to which they were going, that's Emmaus, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. 
Like he's kind of tricking him again, right? He's kind of just being clever. Like, isn't that just, you know, God saying, okay, I'm going to head over here. And then these two act just the way they should. They urge him. They say, no, 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 no. They urged him strongly. Stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost er over. So he went in to stay with them. Here you see this turn in these two people's lives. They're full of doubt. They're walking away from Jerusalem and, and the miracles that have happened. And yet now they're, 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 they're thinking it through. Like, what, what did this man just say? They still don't know that it's Jesus, but they know he's teaching and their hope is increasing and they are seeking. I think in our world today, I think especially Manitou, like a town known for just being a spiritual town, uh, a town of artists and, and thinkers, a town, uh, people, it's okay to be a seeker, right? In Manitou, like, oh, I'm just seeking. And you could say, oh yeah, I'm seeking. And we can talk about how we're all just seeking. But as soon as someone says they've found something, then it's like, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. No one's finding anything. We're all just seeking, you know, we're just seeking. We're not here finding anything. But I want to give you hope and good news that Jesus can be found. He, in fact, he is running after us to be found. And he wants us to invite him in. So point number three is this. Jesus, the invited guest, actually wants to be the host. Jesus, the invited guest, wants to be the host. And what I mean by that is they, they invite Jesus in. They still don't know who this is. They just think it's a guy um, with a COVID mask or a floppy hat. Or we, they, they don't know who it is. But he's explained scripture to them in such a way that they want to know more. So he comes in and verse 30 says this. this. This is where it gets really good. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he began to give it to them. Here's a picture of communion. Here's a picture of what we're going to do at the end of this church service in just a few minutes. And I would love for, for your response, for my response to be the same as these guys. Because what they do is they recognize him. They see this image of the broken bread being handed to them and they recognize him. And then it's like, he's the host, he has, he's not just a guy that we invited in. This was all actually his plan. He's God. He's in charge. He knew what they were talking about, even as they were walking along. When, they, when he first came up to them and said, what are you guys talking about? He knew. He's God himself. He's Jesus. And so Jesus gets the bread. He breaks it, which is an interesting thing to do for a guest. Like imagine you invite a guest over to your house and they like stand up and they grab the food and they start, who, who wants some? What do you mean? Who Like it's our food. We're giving it to you. You're the guest. But Jesus, he's taking his rightful place, isn't he? He's the host. He is the Lord of all. He is God himself. He takes the bread. He breaks it. He gives it to them. Verse 31, here it is. Their eyes were open and they recognized this is Jesus. I imagine them saying, my God, it's like truly like my God. That's why the tomb is empty because he's right here. He's sitting right here. That's why the tomb is empty. They recognized him. And then the scripture goes on to say, then he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, I imagine them like little girls, like excited. Were not our hearts burning within us while we talked with him on the road and opened this and he opened the scriptures to us. That's it. 
He is the one who died and now he's risen and he has appeared to two people who were doubters and they got up. Their lives will be radically changed from here on out. Verse 33 says they got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem. That's like they knew they were supposed to be there anyway. They knew there was something in the deep hope, but it had been crushed. And God himself comes and walks among them, explains to them what's really happening. And then they run. So you runners, do you guys run today? Where's Ross? Do you guys run today? <laughs> you ran this morning. So about, about seven miles there, about seven miles back is a half Marathon, this is a long distance. They got up. They were ready to run to Jerusalem to tell all that they had seen the resurrected Lord. They had made a decision. I mean, it only took a moment from doubt to like having a little bit of hope. And now they fully believe. And so I have a question for you as we kind of conclude here this morning and band, uh, the band can come up. The question for you is this. Where are you at with the Lord? Where are you at? Are you, uh, is your hope and being crushed? Are you ready to be um, turned to the Lord and let him fill you with faith? Where are you at with the Lord? Because the Lord doesn't want you to, to, to go away if, it's, if you're doubting and seeking. He wants you to come close. And in fact, he may be walking along with you right here this morning. Are you ready to run to the Lord? Next week, we're going to have a baptism service where, where we already have some people signed up and you can join them in declaring publicly that you are in, in faith in Jesus, that your hope is increasing and that you believe the tomb was empty and Jesus has risen from the dead. Let me say this one last uh, thing here, which is what they do when they get back. It says this in, in scripture, verse 33, they found the 11 and those assembled together and they said, it's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So I invite all of you. We have an open table here at New Life Manitou. On your, uh, in your baskets are little cups with the, the elements of bread and the cup. And I invite everybody that wants to hope in Jesus, that wants to put your faith in Jesus to get these little cups out. And when you get them, uh, would you stand up with me? Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before you and we, we slow ourselves down. And, and Lord, we, we ask that we right now, Lord, would recognize you as we receive, as we consider that years ago you broke bread, held up a cup with your disciples. And then here in this story, you broke bread. And it's at this moment where people recognized it was you. So Lord, we stand here and we just... We humble ourselves before you and we thank you for the gifts of God, for the people of God. We thank you for the body of Christ, for the body of Christ.